You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we are going to talk about training the setter position. Uh, probably one of the most important positions in our game, the quarterback of volleyball. And I, lately, I've been having a lot of setting discussions with coaches. So I wanted to bring it to the podcast and share with you all um, what I like to call my step-by-step guide to training the setter position and, and things that I think you may want to think about in your gym. So this is an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 172 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week of volleyball in the books. Hope you guys are doing well. My name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm the host of the podcast. And if you are a regular listener, as always, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast, where... The goal, just like every week, is to give you tangible, step-by-step strategies, things that you can take back to your gym right away, and I think today is definitely an episode where you will be able to do that. Um, now, let's um, before uh, before we get into today's episode, uh, I want a couple things. So, so first of all, I have done setting episodes in the past. I've only done two of them, but they were two fantastic episodes that I really recommend you going back and listening to. The first one is on November 14th of 2021. So we're talking like two years ago. That was actually the last time I did an episode on setting where I spoke to a, what I, who I, I mean, I like to call him a setting expert because he really is. It's the national team coach, head coach of University of Alberta, uh, Brock Daviduk. So that's a really good episode. That was on November 14th. And then the other one that I did was with Micah Maha, U.S. men's national team setter, and that was on August 14th, 2020. And I think this one, I'm trying to see what episode number it was. Oh, it's not showing me. I think this was um, episode 10 from what I remember. But anyway, either way, it was on August 14th, so you can look that up. So those are the two, August 14, 2021, and then November of 20, or sorry, August 14, 2020, and then November 14th of 2021. So it's been a while since we talked about setting. I think, uh, I think it's, I think it's due that we talk about setting. And it, ironically enough, the setting position is the, is the player that I'm more closely uh, connected to than any other player on our team. Cause I work directly with the setters. Not that I don't work directly with the other players, but my other assistant coaches have more of a, um, they have more responsibility with the other players, like they're assigned players, but the setters are just assigned to me. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. We're going to talk about setting. Um, let's talk about a couple things before we do that. So last week, I had a little small rant about the new rule that they implemented in our league with regards to, you know, talking or making any noise when someone serves. So update to that. Uh, the updated, so I, we, I looked up the rule books and I had some coaches that I reached out to talk to, uh, Andrew Robb, who is, you know, the head of referees here in the province of Ontario. And he was, he's been on the pod twice and he confirmed right now it is only the people on the bench, not the players on the court. 
just the people on the bench. They cannot say anything during the serve. Now, he also thinks this is a ridiculous rule. Every coach that I've spoken to thinks this is a ridiculous rule. And if you didn't, if you missed last week's episode, basically, you know, our league, some admit, some AD, some athletic director, I'm not going to name names, decided to to put a to put a motion for a rule that you can't talk during a serve. You can't say anything during when someone's serving, kind of like back in the, the old school days when volleyball was first invented, you know, those tennis rules. And somehow this motion passed because other ADs voted in favor of it. And this is why sometimes, you know, athletic directors need to stick to being athletic directors and not getting involved with the rules of our sport when they're not volleyball coaches. And it just it hurts my head to think about this, but... I haven't spoken to anyone who likes this rule, and I think the officials, they all don't like it because they're too busy officiating a game. Now they have to pay attention to sounds coming out of the bench to make sure no one's no one's making any sounds You know, when someone's serving. Like, give me a break. On top of that, when you're in an arena with screaming fans during a serve, because the rule can't, doesn't, doesn't mention the fans, then come on, what, what are we talking about here? The fans are going to scream... They're, you know, scream their lungs out when someone's serving, but the bench has to stay quiet. So uh, I don't know about that. But anyways, that's uh, that's the update for that situation. So let's um, let's talk about let's talk about training the setter position. So I want to I want to start from the ground up. OK, so let's say you're working with someone who is not has not set before is learning to set for the first time. Well, we're going to start with the fundamentals of setting. We're going to talk about setting technique. So one of the things that I always start with is training the hands. Now, I know a lot of coaches start off start off with footwork, but either or, you got to train both anyways. So I train the hands. So one of the things that I like to do with setters is I like to have them, uh, I guess in theory, I do start off with footwork now that I think about it because to get to the ball, I, I, I start off with footwork. Okay, so I start off with footwork, just showing them, um, you know, how to be in an athletic position. Um, you know, I, I, sh- I show them how, how I want them to always have ball-shaped hands when they're, you know, when they're in their stance, okay? So we, we start off with something very simple. When you're at the net, you want your right foot to be parallel to the center court line, okay? So your right foot is parallel to the center court line, and your left foot is pointed a little more outwards, like open towards the court, so you can see the serve coming over as well as be open to the passers that are going to pass the ball to you. So right foot parallel, left foot open. That's how we start. We have ball-shaped hands ready to go. And the, and our, and when I say ball-shaped hands, imagine the, your hands in the shape of a ball. And those ball-shaped hands are a little bit above your waist. You know, they're at, at, at waist level or a little bit above your waist because we want to minimize the distance from taking your hands from where they are up to above your forehead to set the ball, which is my third cue is you want to set the ball above your forehead, not below your forehead. In fact, referees will look at set contact. And if it's above your forehead, generally, you know, you're less likely to get called on anything versus if it's below your forehead. Okay. So a couple things there. Now, in terms of the hands, uh, before I even talk about footwork yet, one of the things that I, I like to train setters to get used to the hands, because we, we want setters to have fast hands. Because at the end of the day, you know, you know, the faster the setter's hands, the better they are. And I, I hear you know, setters at the higher level talk about this all the time, about, about how they wish they trained their hands to be faster when they were younger. So what we do is we start off by catching. 
So we'll have the athlete catch the ball by their forehead. And you can have them move around and be, you know, be in that, have that ball-shaped hands by their waist. And then when you toss, they catch above their forehead. Okay? That's like stage one. Then stage two is when they catch the ball above their forehead, they catch it, and then we want them to release and push through the ball to get it to a location. So they're catching, and as soon as they catch, they're pushing through the ball, right, using their wrists and their fingers to get the ball out of their hands, and they're releasing. And it's very slow, right? It's a, it's a catch and throw, essentially. It's a lift. And then stage three is we start speeding that up. So it's catch out, catch out, catch out, catch out, catch out, and then eventually, you're gonna, they're gonna start feeling the ball land in their hands and push right back out. It's gonna be a very, very, very slow release, but that's okay because we're, again, this is someone who's never set before, so we're training them from the ground up on how to get that, start feeling the ball fall in their hands and pushing out, and it's falling on the inside of their fingertips. They're, they're get, they remember, it's ball-shaped hands, so thumbs are kind of pointed. Uh, I'm doing this right on my head. Thumbs are kind of pointed down towards you, towards your forehead, and you're coming out, and your wrist is very light, and you're just having it fall in your hands, and your wrist is popping it back out, elbows a little bent to the sides, and you're getting that ball through. So that's how we train the hands, and that's how I've trained all my setters' hands who, you know, frankly, are, well, from the ground up when I deal with my little kids, and you should see the hands start getting faster and faster the more they get used to the ball falling in their hands. Now, at the older level, you know, there, there are, I think, I mean, from what I've seen in my experience, and I could be wrong, but there seems to be two major kinds of setters. Setters that I just described where they have the ball fall in their hands and the ball comes out. And then there are other setters who I've seen that are really high quality setters. They don't let the ball fall in their hands, but let it, when it touches their fingers, it re they release really quickly with the inside of their fingertips. So it's not falling in their hands, but it's touching their fingertips and they're popping it out right away. And that is another type of set, which is fine if that's how the setter wants to set. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's just you have to be very you have to be very careful of doubling the ball because it's easier to double in that sense, and it's it's a much more athletic set. So you definitely have to. More, you're going to find the more athletic setters if they, if they're doing this at all. It's the more athletic ones because their body position has to be really strong to push the ball right side and and do all these dynamic different sets. So. That's how we train the hands to be faster, okay? Um, and and then the, the 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 stance is you know ball shaped hands. Our our feet are are pretty are they're balanced? They're stopped? They're ready to go? And then we are squared to the left side position. So let's talk footwork. That's kind of that's where we transition to footwork. So we talked about hands, how we train the hands. We talked about starting position, right foot on the uh, right foot parallel to the mid court line, left foot out towards the net. Now, you always want to square to a position, and generally, we want to square to position four. So when we set the ball, we want our hips, we want our feet to be square to position four, okay? Really important, because that way you can be as deceptive as possible, and your set looks the same every time. To be quite honest, when you're training a setter, their set on an in-system ball where they're able to get their feet to the ball their set should look the same every single time, like in terms of their body position. Not where it goes is another conversation, but in terms of their body position, that you know that set should look the same every single time. So keep that in mind, okay? Square to position four. 
Um, now this is one. This one uh, I know a lot of coach like setter coaches and and Brock David like, teaches the same thing. Is you finished with a left right? Okay. Now the reason you finish with a left right is because if you finish with a right left, you may be unbalanced at the net. If you let's say you're you know you're moving towards the net to set the ball. If you go left right, then your right foot is the last one to touch the ground, and if you jump straight off that, you tend to you know not to fall in the net because your right foot is the closest one to the net. So that's why you know they finish with the life right. So if you can train that, train it. That's great. Uh, for me, you know, I work with more high level athletes, so it's really hard to train that. And if they're athletic enough and they can get to their net or get to their spot and be stopped and stable without touching the net, I don't I don't need to to train uh, the the left right. I don't. So you, this one is more. I, I leave that up to the, the hands of the of the coaches. It's up to you if you want to do that. Uh, Brock actually talks about a really good point, and this is him, not me. Is small, big, small. So you know, not every step is the same to get to the ball. Sometimes you you start off with smaller steps, then you go to bigger steps, then you finish off with smaller steps. Meaning the smaller steps are the ones that get to the ball. So you know, you can experiment with that, but normally it's like uh, small, small, small steps to get to the ball big steps to get that stride and then small steps to close and, and push push the ball to a spot okay so we have training the hands we have starting position ready position initial defensive position whatever you want to call it then we have footwork okay footwork to the ball and then we want to make sure that after we get to the footwork so here's the next stage after we do our footwork after we get to the ball we want to make sure we are stable so your body is stable when you're setting the ball. You're not drifting. You're not off balance. You get to your spot, beat the ball, and you're stable, and you can push the ball. And if you're jumping, you're jumping in the same area, and you're landing in the same area, and you're pushing the ball from above your forehead. Okay? So you really, really want to make sure that you do that. And then after you set the ball, you follow through with your set. So your hands follow through. You don't stop halfway. You follow through with your set to make sure that you, um, you know, you're, you're being consistent and you're putting it to a location. And like I mentioned earlier, you want to train your hands to be fast, 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 fast. Train your hands to be as fast as possible. Okay. So we have stage one, ready position. I guess you want to call that ready position. Ball shaped hands, athletic stance. Stage two, we want to work the hands. Catch, release, catch, release, catch, release, catch, release until it gets faster and faster and faster. Stage three, footwork. Get to the ball. You know, small, big, small, as, as um, Brock says it. Square to position four. Okay, be stopped and stable. You know, at the higher level, we teach, you know, hopping into your last two steps so that, that it's like a rhythm hop. I don't know, people call it a setter hop, a rhythm hop. It's like a rhythm hop into your last two, and then you jump. And that helps you get some rhythm. It helps you be stopped or stable in one position on contact and makes your life a lot easier. So that's kind of like the, the rhythm hop we talk about. All right, moving on. You want to make sure your setter can read really well as well. And that's, you know, that, that, that skill comes with obviously experience, but they got a, they got a tough job. You know, they, ha they have to have the ability to read the servers. What kind of service coming over the net? That might give them more information to figure out where they got to be to set the ball. Is the serve going to five, one, six? They have to read that server to see how well that server can deliver that ball across the net. 
Then your setter has to read the passers. You know, did the left side in position five pass the ball and is down on the ground and is not an option? Like your setter has to see that. I mean, they should also be telling your setter that they're out, but nevertheless, your setter still has to see that, okay? The setter has to have the ability to track the passes as well. So when a passer passes the ball, they have to start understanding to read and and track that ball and go. And, and one, of the, one of the great things Brock said is when you do setter training stuff, don't have a coach toss the ball to a setter to do the drill. Now, that, that's not really game-like. Have the coach can toss the ball over the net to a passer that can pass it to the setter. That is more game-like. We want to train those behaviors. You want to train that, that the, the, the fact that your setter is going to see a ball being passed to them because that's what they're going to see in a game. So we want to train that. Your setters also have to read the attacker, you know, see what the attacker is doing because they'll have to know whether or not what kind of ball that, that might be dug up to them. So, you know, that's another thing they got to worry about. So these are all the things that you can train your setter to be really good. And this is all in the, in the, you know, we're talking, we're still talking like club level, high school, a little bit college, university, depending on how you know, the level you're at. Another thing that you have to consider when you're, you're talking about setting is what kind of offense are you running? What kind of offense can they run? Tempo offense or high ball offense? You know, high ball offense is where the setter puts the ball high in the air, kind of like a parabola, where the attacker has all the time in the world to come in and set and swing that ball. You know, if you don't, if you don't know what a parabola is, think, imagine a backwards U. It's kind of the best way I can describe it, a backwards U. And it's like up from one side, up all the way, and then falls back down. Okay, uh, or tempo offense, and tempo offense means that there's there's velocity to it, there's pace to the ball, and the ball is normally passing through the antenna, uh, or at least just falling around the antenna, and that's a tempo. Okay, so now that we've talked about the fundamentals, I guess how to train a setter from the ground up. You know what is how to train their hands, how to train their footwork, how to train, you know, their reading and things like that. Now let's talk about. What, what's the, what the expectation of the setter is now that the setter knows how to set, okay? Well, one of the things I've been talking to coaches a lot lately, because a lot of coaches right now are struggling to decide who's their setter. Like, who should I pick as, as my setter? Because I got two, two setters that are good, and, and this also affects the system that you run too. You're going to run a 5-1, a 6-2, a 4-2. Like, what kind of system are you going to run? Well, that predominantly revolves around, you know, how well your, how good your setter is, or, or how good your other players are as well. So, I will say this, and I'll say this every time, especially the younger age group: location, location, location is like real estate. The setter who can put the ball in the same location every single time, that setter is golden. So your hitters, when they pass to your setter. Your hitters know exactly where that ball is going to go to every time. If your setter's location is different every time, then that's a problem. Then that setter, we need to work with that setter a bit more to get that location back up to where it needs to be. Okay, so location is very important. This is more like, you know, high school, a little bit, you know, first year university, stuff like that. Like if you have, if you are a setter and you can put the ball in the same location every time, you are golden. Okay. Now, now let's, now that, that let's. Yeah, that's that's basic setting 101 now. So so far we, we we're kind of we're kind of hitting the end of you know the the high school the club getting to uni- university or college because now you have a setter that 
can set a ball at the right location. They have the fundamentals down. They're squaring. You know, their hands are getting faster and faster and faster. This is a good setter. Okay. Now, let's talk about the difference between university to pro. You know, when you're a good level university setter or you're trying to go pro, and I would argue even at the higher level club, this is important, is decision making. And I know, I know coaches, actually, including myself sometimes. I would rather take decision-making over set location. And because if you have great location, let's say you have great location, but you're setting, you're setting your uh, attackers up for a one-on-two every time or a one-on-three every time, then just because your setting location is good, you're not putting your offensive player in the best position to score. Uh, so think about that. Okay, so you're setting left, and it's a so a one on two means one attacker, two blockers. A one on three means one attacker, three blockers. So if you're setting, if you're training your setter, and your setter is setting up your players, and they're always facing a double block, then the decision making needs work. Or they're setting a player in certain rotations that aren't converting, and you know their decision making needs work. Um, or they're setting, you know, they're not they're not looking at the mismatches. They're not looking at the other team's blockers before, you know, any, oh, let me see who the weakest blocker is. They're not thinking about that. They're not trying to, they're not trying to free up opportunities for their best players to score. You know, if, if your left side is one of your best scorers, then an easy way to free them up is run the middle on a 61 so the left side has a one-on-one opportunity. And a 61 is a back quick. So this is where, like, and I spend a ton of time with my setters working on decision-making, more so than fundamentals, believe it or not, because by the time they get to me, like their fundamentals aren't bad. They're just fine-tuning them. But I spend a ton of time looking at film, sending them clips, having discussions about why did they make that decision, what, what were they thinking, and we work with it together, and, and, I, and it's such a beautiful thing. And I got to say, like, I'm very lucky to have two fantastic setters on the team this year, and forget the fact that they're good. They're such great people. They listen. They're respectful. They learn. They implement. You know, I've had setters in the past where we would talk about a game plan and they would go in and they would just do their own thing. And I mean, I'd pull them pretty quickly because you guys know me. But just the fact that they like these, like that shouldn't have happened in the first place. But these guys listen. And because they're listening, they're learning at a much faster rate and they're and not I shouldn't say because they're listening because everyone listens but because they're implementing it their improvement is skyrocketing and it's amazing to see and it's like it's it's I'm it's kind of blossoming in front of my eyes every time I see them set in a game so now when I'm on the bench and I see a rally situation I see a ball come over our side I'm like hit hit this guy hit this guy now the setter is hitting ex- every time that I think of something in my mind I'm like run that pipe you know hit them hit him on this our setters are now starting to do that before I even say anything. Or and it's like when that thought comes into my mind, it comes into their mind. And that's how you know you and your setters are on the same page is when you guys are, you know, when you're teaching them how to be a, a tactical setter and they're listening and they're lear- learning and they're implementing, it's great. And then when they start doing stuff on their own, it's such an amazing feeling. And that's where I'm at right now. Our setters have come to a point where their decision-making is still getting better. It's not perfect but they're starting to make fantastic decisions. And, you know, 
and preseason's preseason, so I'm gonna put no weight on this. But we're, you know, we're 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 in the positives for preseason. We've we've been winning a good amount of games, uh, and a lot of that, you know, obviously we're, you know, we have a lot of veterans on the floor. But you know, my setting decision is is great. So I want to. Ho- I hope he continues to be great with that. And and again, it's preseason, so there's no weight on these wins. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not delusional. I know that preseason doesn't mean anything until you get to the regular season. I'm trying different lineups. Other teams are trying different lineups. So you know, we've never we've never really seen a full strength team play us yet, and rightfully so. Okay. So decision making. I hope I made that clear. Creating mismatches understanding systems looking at the blockers and when we um when we start getting more into decision making and more high level you'll start looking at scouting reports and looking at other teams videos and figuring out you know what the best decisions in each rotation are and understanding mismatches and all that fun stuff okay um at the higher level too by the way and this is never talked about i find when it comes to training the setter position but don't forget to make sure the setter is also working on a fantastic serve they have to be able to serve at, like i mean at the end of the day if you're going to try to go pro or go high level you have to serve tough so don't just focus on setting focus on your serve focus on your block and as well as your defense setters have to do all of these things in club you can get away with a bad block or bad defense if you're a great setter and you can put the ball in the great in the same location every time but when you get to you know our level there's a lot of setters that can do that so now you have to serve, you have to block, you have to defend, you have to give them a reason to keep you out on the court because every setter on a varsity team can push a good ball. So what makes your setter, what makes this setter different? And nine out of 10 times it comes down to decision-making and how they manage the flow of the game, how they manage the offense. Okay, understanding, uh, which actually let me get to that in a sec. So that's that's that. They also have to be able to have great out-of-system setting, okay? Out-of-system setting is important. They have to know your playbook inside out, embody it, believe it, breathe it, so that when you when you were thinking something, they're already a step ahead of you because they can see it. So keep that in mind, all right? You want to make sure that you, you definitely work on out-of-system setting and work on making sure they know what the playbook is and you guys can work on it together and that, you know, this player buys into the playbook and understands it and you can work together with creating things as well. Okay. Uh, one of the last things that I want to say, actually, there's two more things I want to say and then I'm done. It's this this idea I got from Mike Amaha and he talked about this on his episode as well. I think, I think his was episode 10, but it was like three years ago. His ideal of presenting early. Okay, now... Presenting early is a concept that's it's kind of hard to explain, but I'm going to try to do my best to do it. Presenting early means you get to the ball, okay? You jump like you're going to set, but you, you're jumping a little bit earlier than you need to. So you're jumping slightly earlier, like you're going to set, and what that what you're doing is you're presenting the set earlier before the ball even comes in your hands. You're presenting the set. You're presenting your body. And then when the set comes in your hands, boom, you manipulate really fast. But what happens is when you're when you do that jump, that middle that if if the if the left side blocker is fronting you, you know you you make them make a decision. And normally, it takes a lot of brain power and experience to process you jumping and not moving. Because when you jump, it's gonna it's gonna make them it's gonna challenge them to be very dis- disciplined so that they don't fall for anything until you set the ball. So presenting early and jumping, 
it puts more pressure on the blockers to wait till that ball comes in your hands until you release it to then go. They tend to guess and jump earlier when they see you present early. And it's a very, and it's a very good skill. And it makes you more deceptive. Because now the blockers have to wait till you release them. And, and because you're jumping, they're already antsy. And it takes some training for the blockers to be disciplined to get out to wherever you set the ball. Okay, so presenting early is just the ideal of jumping, having the hands ready, the ball's not in the hands yet, the ball's not in the hands yet, and then the ball comes in the hands, and then you make your push. So it's just that little slight couple, you know, two-second pause before you set pays dividends because it can help, you know, be really deceptive. All right, the last thing I'm going to talk about as, as training the setter is, man, you have to train your setter to understand players' behaviors. You know, it's, it's unfortunate, but... Setters need to understand the personnel of the player on, on the court. They got to know what sets they like, what sets they don't like. They have to manage their emotions because, you know, the one thing that sucks is when you're a setter and you make a mistake, everyone goes on, everyone goes on you. Hey, they'll, hey, next time higher. Oh, that was too low of a set. That was this. But then when an attacker hits the ball out of bounds, no one goes to him and says, oh, I don't even know what they would go to him and say, but they just say, good job. Like next time. But no one goes and questions anything when they hit out of bounds. But if a set is off, it's like, oh, no, I need, I need it higher. I need it lower. I needed this. I needed that. It's all these needs. Uh, so understanding players' behavior, their likes and dislikes on the court, you know, when, when you can tell when they're out of it versus not out of it, like that's all vital information. And your setter needs to be able to pick up on that and read that so that they don't make the same, they don't make any mistakes. Okay? All right. Let's do a quick recap. So we talked, actually, by the way, before I do a quick, this quick recap, if you were interested in, um, I have an entire course on setting, by the way, Inside DVA. It's a step-by-step -step guide similar to what I gave you today, except there's video tutorials and there's things that show you how to do everything. And I'm actually going to be updating that setter course too soon. So if you're interested in taking a look at this setter course, head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com. You'll find out more information about DVA because this course is included inside DVA uh, for my, my members to, to watch. And if you don't know what DVA is, DVA is my signature uh, mentorship program for coaches where I get a chance to teach you how to build championship programs. And in DVA, I have all the courses based on all the positions and skills in our game in addition to a ton of other things, but that's a great place to start. And you can see all the training I did when it comes to training the setter position. You'll see me in a gym. You'll see exactly how we run it and things like that. And um, and yeah, so that's something that you might be interested in. DigitalVolleyballAcademy.com. All right, so head on. So we talked about uh, so talk about stance. So right foot on the line, left foot open. We talked about ball shaped hands, keeping it above your waist. We talked about having fast hands. So we, how we train that is catch first, then release catch first, then release, and then catch, release, catch, really get faster and faster and faster until the hands start getting developed. We talked about footwork, squaring to position four, you know, finishing with the left, right if possible, um, and making sure that you uh, you are stable, okay? You are stable with your body, you have body control, and you're not drifting, because when you start drifting, you know, problems start happening, okay? <clears throat> we talked about ball-shaped hands, we talked about fa faster hands, all that stuff, uh, I think I'm good there. Um, we talked about reading, reading the serves, reading the passers, reading the attackers, tracking the passes. You know, it's so important to train that. We talked about tempo versus high ball, 
the fact that the number one thing you care about for a setter is location, location, location. And then as you get into higher level play, then decision making becomes even more crucial. Creating the mismatches, looking at the blockers to see what how you can get a one on one or one on nothing for your attackers, you know, things like that. Understanding systems is really important as a setter. What kind of system is your opponent running? What kind of system are you running? And how does that look like? So really important you do that. Um, we talked about presenting early, how important it is to be presenting early. It's high-level coaching. We talked about high-ball offense, so at a system setting, being making sure they can do that. We talked about the fact that at the higher level, setters got to be able to serve, block, and play defense. You can't just come in and serve everything that's good enough because they'll have a ton of servers who are just as good as you. So you got to really dial in on your serve, your block, and your defense. Okay. Um, and then the last thing we talked about was understanding player behaviors, likes, dislikes. And these are relative to players on your team, by the way. So huh, you definitely got to monitor that and know how to set guys up and, you know, know the things that push guys to be better. And yeah, setting's a tough job. It's definitely a tough job. So you got to be aware of all these things. All right. I uh, hope you guys t got something to take away. If you were driving, you definitely want to come back to this and make some notes on some of these things, and you can start getting this to your setters ASAP. Um, and if you enjoy this episode, do me a favor, reach out on Instagram. Uh, Brian Singh underscore Coach B is my handle. Reach out. It's in the show notes as well. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think. And and by the way, if you have time, um, maybe give the, the show a rating, like five stars if you're feeling it. Comment. I love reading the comments because it helps me make, make the show better. So if you got anything to say, put it in the review. Um, and yeah, we can kind of take it from there. All right. That's it for me. I'll see you next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. Take care. All right. Cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.